is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Welcome on back. Thank you for making us part of your day. We're live at the RV Super Show here at the Mountain America Expo Center, 9575 South State Street here in Sandy. And we're going to jump out to Jordan here in one sec. But how about this? That is nice. How about this? Our our guy, Frank Dolce, who who hurt my feelings greatly. when he was on with Hanson Scotty, <laughs> just brought by some crumble cookies and, and milk. How about that? What a, nice, what a nice guy. You know what? What a nice guy. Cookies and milk. I don't, Perfect. I'm, I'm not sure if he's on my good side quite yet, but this is, this is a nice gesture. I thought it was very nice. nice However, gesture. you notice how he didn't back off the big time and thing. No. You know, no. He, he, did he didn't want to see your ugly mug uh. that day. He was busy. But this is nice. This is this is really nice. Thank you to Frank Dolce, who is a valued member of our team. And considering the fact that you were criticizing him, criticizing him the way you were, I, I, that's even more magnanimous. I mean, but he just does have the love fest with you every time he comes on. So I mean, how am I supposed <laughs> to get over? Frank that? is really smart. Uh, you see, uh, and then you, you do, and then you do that. Let's let's get out to okay. another right. smart guest, right. shall we? Let's should see we, if who he agrees that? with. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's get out of the smart rain. Special guest line. It's no mystery. Utah's in an extreme drought. That is why uh, smart rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation smartly. Find out more at smartrain.net. Joining us now, former Cougar and our good friend Jordan Pendleton with us here on The Big Show. What's going on, Jordan? Nothing much, man. What's going on with you guys? Hey, we're hanging out at the RV show today. Are you Are you outdoorsy? Are you an RV guy? I'm, I'm not, I can't say that I am, uh, but I'm not opposed to it either. I just, okay. just yeah. So. so it sounds like Jordan's kind of right there with you. Yeah, or, it sounds, you, yeah, he could be interested if he decided to get interested. To jump on board. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> I feel like, you know, given his profession, he'd have to find, like, I'm picturing Rocky Four, like, ways to train. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, if you were an RV guy, like, like, li- like tearing trees clean out of the ground or something to stay in shape. I don't know. Exactly right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jordan. Hey, BYU snaps the streak. Give us, give us your takeaways, man. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I feel like, um, I, I feel like the last, I don't know how long I've been chatting with you guys, but I feel like the last nine years, it's just been like, every time I come on, it's super disappointing to have to get on and talk about how Utah beat BYU again. So, um, no, I, I'm, you know, it was, it was a good game. Um, I thought BYU played exceptionally well, and I, and I thought they were the better team that night. And it was just, you know, I felt like it was so good for the rivalry in itself. I know Utah fans are extremely disappointed, but... Um, it's good for the rivalry for BYU to get back on the win column again. And overall, I just I, I thought they were more prepared. Uh, I thought they made uh, bigger plays when it mattered, and and they didn't turn the ball over. And you know, I feel like year in and year out, when we talk about this game, 
it really comes down to, to turnovers. And in the past, BYU's turned the, turned the ball over way too much, and you can't do that against a, a good team in Utah. And I really feel like that was the main difference. So, Jordan, if you examine the whole thing, all, all the things you just talked about, um, other than the turnovers or lack thereof for the Cougars, uh, what was most impressive of all? Well, the, the, the most impressive thing to me and, and what stood out to me the most was, you know, BYU's third down efficiency and, yeah. and, and their fourth down. You know, they were 11 for 19 on third down, uh, which is over 50%. And then if you, if you count their, um, you know, when they went for it on fourth down, they were one and one. On the flip side of that, Utah was two for nine and 0 for two on fourth down. And, you know, anytime you play a good team like Utah, you, you know, to get off the field on third down is so huge. And if they're able to keep those drives going, it creates a ton of momentum. And BYU was able to capitalize on a lot of third downs and keep the ball going, kept the ball in our hands. Um, time of possession, I think we had about 10 more minutes uh, time of possession than Utah did, which is that's always a good thing when you can control the clock. Um, and then, obviously, Jaron Hall was, was unbelievable. You know, there was moments in the game where – I felt like, you know, because there's been years, it's been there's been years and years now where BYU's been in control of some of these games. I remember a couple years ago when Zach Wilson was playing, we had a really good lead. He threw that pick six, and you could just feel the momentum shift for Utah. And and, and when Utah scored on that long drive they had on Saturday, I just felt like, oh, here we go again. You know, they're gonna they're gonna come back. They have all the momentum, and and the very next drive, Jaron Hall was super poised. He was in control of, of the whole entire game, and he went back down, and, and we answered. And in the past, usually when Utah's gained a little bit of momentum, they've kept the momentum. And, and, and this game is really about momentum, in my opinion, and Utah's been able to control that over the last, you know, almost a decade. And so that, that was the, the most important things that stood out to me was us being able to get them off the field on third down, our offense being able to convert on third down, um, and then Jaron Hall just showing a lot of poise, not turning the ball over, not trying to do too much. Um, he ran when he could, and, and he threw the ball when, when his guys were open, and, um, and he didn't turn the ball over. And I think that was the biggest, biggest reason for BYU being successful in the game. Kalani hasn't been uh, the perfect coach, right? And I think most first-time head coaches uh, learn some lessons in their first uh, few years. And I know, Jordan, you were vocal about some of those things that I think uh, that Kalani learned about in those first couple of years. So my question is, what has he figured out to get the program to this point? What, what, is he, what, what has he done to the program to improve the direction? What lessons do you think he's learned? Yeah, that, that's a very good question. You know, I've, I've always been a big fan of Kalani. I thought, you know, I, I think a big part of it was obviously just, you know, coaching changes and coaching staff changes. I think he's, he's got a really good crew surrounding him. Uh, I feel like they're all on the same page when it comes to um, recruiting, um, what, what's going on inside the locker room, how they're approaching practices. And, you know, I had a couple of former players uh, reach out to me over the weekend were like, you know, and, and keep in mind, we were coming from a, a good culture. It was a different culture under Hall, but it was different. And they were like, man, how lucky are these kids? Like, just the amount of swag, and, and it just feels so much looser, and it feels different. And and so, I, you know, I think Kalani's done a really good job, um, you know, having a couple of those down years of, of being able to, like, you know, obviously made some coaching, they made some coaching changes, and I feel like the staff that they have right now is all um, clicking. 
Um, I feel like you know they, they've they've got good leadership on the team as far as the uh, as far as the players goes, and and I think they're they're playing loose. You know, one thing that stood out to me in the game, and, and it probably stood out to a lot of people, was was when the one of the Nakua brothers got a personal foul, and I was actually really really happy when he did that. I know a lot of people were you know were worried about the missing the extra point, and if it comes down to one point, and that's the reason we lose, then that's you know. But in my in my mind, I was really excited to see that because BYU was fighting back, and and you know we were we were the ones that were the aggressors. And in the past, I felt like Utah has always come into the game, and um, and BYU's been I don't want to say intimidated, but we've played a little bit softer, you know, over the over the over the years. And I felt like there was just an attitude to the team, and I think that's what Kalani brings. If you watch him on the sideline when he's celebrating, and you know he he just brings. He brings that excitement, and I think it it, it really um, trickles down to all the players and, and, and everybody, all the coaching staff, the equipment managers. I feel like um, everybody can, you know, really loosen up and 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 have have a good time. And at the end of the day, you know, football is supposed to be fun. Do they have to execute? Absolutely, but I think he allows his players to go out and be themselves, and and they felt loose and they they looked super confident going into that game. And I think. Um, that, that's the biggest thing Kwani has done is making his players feel confident. Um, he always gets called a player's coach, and I, and I think the players love him, and, and they love to play for him. I don't know if Jaron Hall is a great quarterback or not as far as slinging the ball around. I guess I need more information in that regard. But two things he's really got going for him, and my, or actually three things, I guess. One is the quality of those wide receivers you were talking about. I mean, that's a really good group. And traditionally, when BYU has good receivers, their offense really uh, performs at a high level. The other is the run game with a guy like Tyler Algier. I mean, this guy's a stud. And then you add that third element in that Jaron, even though he doesn't want to take off running all the time, he can. And so those three things, it seems like, will help smooth any rough spots as far as him being a traditional quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's exactly what Jaron brings to the table. Uh, we all know he's a, he's a phenomenal athlete. Uh, the, the kid is he's explosive. He's elusive. He can run. Uh, he can make plays on his feet. He can scramble when he's under pressure. And, you know, but what, I, what I've been so impressed about with Jaron is usually when you get a really, really good athlete like that, um, that, you know, and, and like you said, I, I think we're all kind of trying to figure that out. Is, is, he, is he a great quarterback or is he a great athlete? And I, I think what he's done a really good job at is not trying to do too much. Um, you know, we, we all know he can run, but the, the big concern there is we, we've got to be able to keep him healthy. In the past, he hasn't been able to, to stay healthy. And so when he's running all over the place and taking hits, uh, that becomes a huge concern. But I feel like when he's been very smart about the times where he's taken off and he's extended plays um, that, that have sometimes turned into run plays, I, I think he's been so effective and he's been smart about it. But he's also somebody that's not scared to sit in the pocket either and and find his receivers. And when you have a talented receiving core like BYU does right now, obviously it makes his, his job a lot easier. But I'm not seeing him try and force throws. And, and I think that's what's, you know, usually when you get a guy under, under center for the first time that's really taken over a team as the starting quarterback, sometimes they have a tendency to force throws and, and make throws that, um, you know, whether it's in a tight window or, or they're under pressure and, and I just feel like his decision making has, has been the biggest benefit to his 
you know, his style of play this year is he's, he's just making good decisions. And he was a little rusty in that first game, but once he calmed down, you know, he was able to be effective the rest of the game. And, and he's just being very smart with the football. And when you add that athleticism at a quarter, as a quarterback and the defense has to worry about the quarterback running and he's, and he's very, very good at it, um, then it, it, it frees up the running back and, and it really creates a lot of challenges when you're trying to defend, um, you know, a team that has a quarterback that can run and a, and a phenomenal running back as well. Well, let's continue that thought, shall we? Because that's the exact type of uh, quarterback that BYU is going to be facing this weekend <laughs> in Jaden Daniels for Arizona State. So what does the defense need to do to be most effective against a player like that? Yeah, you know, it's it really when you when you face a running quarterback like that, it's so important that every single defender uh, does their job and doesn't try to do somebody else's job. And, and that sounds so basic, but I see it. I even see it on Sundays when I'm watching an NFL game. You know, usually when these quarterbacks get out in space on a designed run play, um, it, it's because somebody's not doing their job. And what I mean by that is if, if you're the quarterback player, um, you know, a lot of people, they're the quarterback player, they fake a dive or they fake a, they fake a pitch, and you think you're going to go make that play on the dive, and then he keeps it. And now you got two players going, you know, you got two players going to the same spot. And so any, any, like, you know, misdirection type stuff that the offense tries to do to, you know, to try and get your defenders in the wrong spot, you've got to be very disciplined, um, one, and, and do your job and do your assignment and not try and make plays that aren't yours. And, it, and it's very hard as a defender. You want to go make every play, but sometimes making the play means just doing your job, even if, even if you don't make the tackle. The other thing, is you know when you are doing your job you got to make sure that you're taking good angles um you know when quarterbacks can run uh, if you're not taking good angles then they're gonna they're gonna be able to get outside of you and and so um you know having you know having the ability to to one be disciplined and then two when stuff does break down be able to to, um take good angles and then three, you got to be able to finish, and you got to make the tackle on some of these good running backs that are that are more elusive. So, Jordan, what would you do in regard? Well, let me say it this way: against Utah, BYU is really good in picking their spots to bring extra blitzes and and uh, resources to uh, bother to disrupt the offense. When you're playing against Daniels, do you just try to contain him, or do you bring the heat? like BYU did, at least at times, against the youth? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, the most important thing is, is you know, going to be first and second down, stopping the run, um, putting him in situations where, you know, he's going to have to, you know, try and make or extend a play, um, really putting him in uncomfortable situations. And then at that point, it, it gives you options. And I think, you know, I think BYU, we're going to see BYU this week. I don't know. Um, this is just a guess, but... I'd imagine that they're gonna they're gonna switch it up and try and um, you, you know uh, throw him off and and you know that's that's the hardest thing as a quarterback when you don't know who's coming or if you think people are coming and then they're not and so um, you know the, the best it's like a chess match and I, I feel like if if they can um, you know be very good at disguising put him in situations where he's uncomfortable um, obviously I think we have to bring pressure when you have a quarterback like that that can run you got to bring you got to bring pressure. Uh, to make him feel uncomfortable, so he can't just sit in the pocket all game um, and, and just sit and pick his, you know, pick his spots. And then, you know, they've they've got to have very clear assignments on who is the contained guy, um, and and make sure that whoever is contained that he doesn't get outside. If we can keep him 
in the middle of the field and funnel him to the linebackers and the inside guys, then you know that that's that's the most effective way when you when you let these guys get on the outside and you know coming speaking from experience when we played Nevada back in 2010 and Colin Kaepernick was the quarterback. Once once these guys get outside, then it's 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 just game over because you just have no help and so making sure that you have guys on the perimeter that are that are playing contain and then switching it up bringing pressure and then dropping people in the coverage and then having a spy when you do drop in coverage having somebody that's a spy that can that can come off out of their assignment and be able to come and fill in on the quarterback Jordan Pendleton with us here on 97.5 and 1280 the zone um, with all of that in mind how do you think BYU does against the Devils you know, I, I think they, I think they have a really good game. I feel like, you know, back-to-back wins off of, you know, Arizona. I think that was the first time in history. You can correct me if I'm wrong that they beat two teams that were ranked in the top 25. And so, um, I feel like going into this game, I feel like they got a ton of confidence. Hopefully, they didn't celebrate too long after that Utah win, and 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 they're extremely focused on this, you know, on their next opponent and. You know, I think BYU's rallying right now. They're playing good on both sides of the ball. I feel like their big guys are really controlling the line of scrimmage. And I feel like they're, you know, if they it, they got to keep this momentum. And, and if they can keep this momentum and play the, the way that they have the past two games, I don't see there's any reason we, you know, shouldn't be able to beat these guys this weekend. Jordan, as always, thanks for jumping on with us, buddy. We appreciate it. Absolutely. You guys have a good one. Thanks. Back at you. Jordan Pendleton. Uh, talking BYU football. He covered a lot of good stuff there. He did cover mm-hmm. a lot of good stuff. Kind of funny he was talking about how difficult it is to defend a quarterback like Jaron Hall, and then it's like, <laughs> well, they're playing a quarterback that plays a little bit like Jaron Hall, so they're going to have to figure that out. I like what he said, though. you got to be disciplined, and, and Jake, if you're trying to do too much, then everything gets out of whack. You know. That's why I try to do as little as possible. Because you don't want things to get out. You don't of whack. want anything to get out of whack. So I just kind of just try to do. Very well, I mean, little. but there's a fine line. There's a fine line between not doing enough and doing too much. Now let's let's talk to uh, Chris from Motorsportsland. <laughs> here we are here at the RV Super Show at the Mountain America Expo Center. You know, if you have the right RV, I feel like you could do very little, right? <laughs> like, wouldn't that be the idea? Like, get somewhere, get it set up, and then just enjoy. That's what it's all about, man, especially here in Utah, getting out in the wilderness and doing as little as possible and enjoying what we have in our backyard. Doesn't that sound pretty good? Oh, it's That's the it's dream, fun. right? I mean, oh, 100%. It, honestly, that's that's got to be your, you know, especially here in Utah, your biggest selling point is you can you can live the dream. It's very easy. And it's so close. That's the, that's the best thing. Well, in a motorsports line, too, I mean, you know, we, we kind of pride ourselves in, in having a really good bank for your buck. And, and you know, RVing is actually such a... In, in a, an inexpensive way to vacation with your family, you know. I mean, especially with what we have in our backyard, um, so close to us. Um, I mean, you can you can have an RV, guys. You can be out camping for as little a month as a cell phone bill. You know, it's it's nuts. So, yeah, and the places you can go. I mean, you know, if you're uh, they don't have a. Uh a Waldorf Astoria in Grand Escalante, you know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> right. it's a great way to see the, you know, unbelievable stuff that uh, that well, this state, but really this country has to offer. Yeah, and get back to some silence. You know, get away right. from the people that uh, we all kind of uh, get sick of on a Man, daily basis. That sounds right? great. <laughs> so uh, answer me this, and I'm putting you on the spot here. But I, we, Gordon and I come out to this show pretty much every year, and I get a kick out of the newest stuff that they're throwing on RVs. Give me, give me a new innovation that they're doing. 
Well, I mean, really, the biggest innovations nowadays are it's it's all electronics, right? I mean, you could get an RV nowadays, guys, where the whole the whole thing is is controlled by your phone. You know, I mean, right? I mean, everything's Bluetooth nowadays. So, yeah. I mean, you, you put out your awnings, you can put out your slide outs, you can put out your jack systems, you can control your stereos. You could go on a dirt bike ride and control your toy hauler from you know. 50 miles away, say, you know what, I'm going to be home back to the toy hauler in about, you know, probably an hour or so like that. It's going to be pretty hot in there, so I'm going to flip on my, my generator and my air conditioners and awesome. cool it down so when I get home, I'm going to be, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be comfortable, you know? That's awesome. How much, how much boondocking are people doing these days? Honestly, more than you think. More than you think. That, again, one of the, you know, we talk about Utah. I mean, there's so much BLM area um, that's so accessible and so close to, to where we are here in Salt Lake County. I mean, it's a lot of people are boondocking, and a lot of people are going more that solar way, the generator way, and, and being able to really get away from the RV parks. So if you're going to be doing that kind of thing, how much solar power do you need? Yeah, it, but again, it all depends on what you've got, right? You know, I mean, 200 watts is kind of a standard, pretty basic uh, setup, and that'll keep you out boondocking, depending on how uh, efficient you are with your lights and stuff, uh, for quite some time. I mean, really, it, it keeps you going. Cool stuff. Well, hey, Chris, thanks for jumping on with us. That's Chris from Motorsports Line. Where are you guys in this? We are in the very southeast corner. Um, we got a really big display out there. And like I said, man, we've got everything from small pop-up trailers to big Class A buses and stuff like that and, and everything in between. So and the one, the one thing, the one thing that people need to come out here to buy is what? An RV. <laughs> Go figure. Go figure, huh? <laughs> Go figure. Hey, thanks, Chris. We appreciate you. Thanks, guys. All right, we're live from the RV Super Show here at the Mountain America Expo Center, 9575 South State Street. Uh, it is the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. After their emotional win against the Utes, BYU welcomes in another Pac-12 opponent as Arizona State rolls into Lavelle Edwards Stadium this Saturday. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch the Cougar pregame show Saturday at 6 with a postgame show immediately following the game on the Zone Sports Network. From Monday morning to the post-game press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. I was a highwayman Along the coach roads I did ride Sword and pistol by my side. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live from the RV Super Show here at the Mountain America Expo Center. Come on by and see us. We've already, Gordon, uh, talked to a bunch of uh, listeners who've come by. We do have jazz gear for you. want to remind you about uh, our friends at Weber State, of course. Hey, Weber State fans, your number nine ranked football team takes on number three, James Madison, this Saturday, September 18th at 6 p.m. Purchase your tickets now at WeberStateSports.com or by calling 801-626-8500. That might be the biggest home game in Weber State history. You think so? Well, now I would have to really deeply familiarize myself with Weber State football a little more, but it's got to be close. And I mean, explain, the number, explain why you're saying that. The number three team in the uh-huh. country, who, by the way, Weber State has history with, right? Didn't they haven't they lost to them twice in they, the playoffs? They've been, they've been champions, uh... and uh, they're going to be playing in Ogden. 
And uh, well, maybe I should say regular season home game. You know, maybe there's a, a playoff game in there you would use it, but regular season home game. The second I saw that game on the schedule, I thought, okay, that's cool. It is because cool. now you're talking about two of the best uh, championship uh, level teams in the country uh, at Stewart Stadium. Yep. Sweet. So get out there and see it. Well, if you're a Weber State fan, that's a, that's probably a game you need to be at. Yeah, and don't make uh, don't make anybody buy beers for you in order to get you there. That's Portland State, I not know, Weber I know, State. I know. Might be frowned on a little more at Weber <laughs> than, at, you than so? at Portland State. Just mm-hmm. you know, maybe if you just want to see good, really solid football, and I, I imagine it'll be very competitive. That's the thing. I want to remind you about uh, Lendright Mortgage. Uh, they'll be live with DJ and PK Friday morning to help you get the lowest, which would be tomorrow, the lowest rates on your new mortgage or refinance. Listen tomorrow morning and visit LendRightMortgage.com for more information. Um, God, it's a, you know, it's a sneaky good weekend of football considering it's still non-conference time. I mean, I know BYU usually has yeah. uh, big games toward the beginning of the year, but uh, – as far as non-conference games go for Utah, San Diego State, that's an extremely interesting game. Arizona State and BYU uh, in Provo, that's an extremely interesting game. And up at Weber. Yeah. And how about Utah State opening opening up conference play with Air Force, which uh, should be a really interesting game. It's it's speaking a, of it's a, a good weekend around speaking here. Speaking of assignment sound football. Yeah, you got to do that. Yeah. I mean, we really should have some, some good games to consume this week. And weekend. you know what I like about it, too, is the variety of styles of football that we'll see and the strategizing that needs to go on in each one of those games is a little different. But, uh, yeah, we'll see how the local teams do. Quick piece of jazz news here. Uh, Gordon, this came out uh, probably 15, 20 minutes ago. Um, the jazz have waived Jarrell Brantley. Um he coming off two-way contract. Brantley had signed a $1.66 million qualifying offer, meaning the Jazz will incur an $84,000 cap hit. But their Jazz now, I believe, has 17 players uh, who are currently under contract in some way, shape, or form. And they will have a new two-way player this year because Brantley was a two-way player last year. I'm a little surprised. Uh, maybe not, given the traffic jam that you were talking about there. But if you had told me a year ago... That that would happen now, I, that would have surprised me. I wanted to see Brantley get more of an opportunity. I thought he was intriguing based on his his size and athleticism and his yeah. versatility. It seemed to me like he could be kind of one of those modern, you know, players that can play four or five positions for you. And uh, you know, the Jazz went with Mieoni quite a bit in those um, non rotational minutes last year. I would have liked to seen. Maybe Jarrell get more of an opportunity, but nonetheless, we, it's it's tough when you're playing the back of the roster right. game. And when we had him on the show, his attitude seemed really strong. You know, it seemed like it was perfect for what the Jazz needed him to to work on. Well, you know how I know he had a good attitude because he was around for a couple of years. If you're <laughs> if you're a guy battling for a roster spot and you've got a bad attitude, you're probably not going to come back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the well. I mean, look, if we want to draw a parallel between uh, playing professional basketball and and having a radio station, you know, really talented people such as yourself who are kind of a pain in everyone's butt, you put put up with that. Wow. You turned it into a personal shot? Yeah, but it was a compliment. 
<laughs> so not a compliment. Hey, I said you were very talented. <laughs> Just kidding. Look, I mean, I know exactly what you're yeah. saying. And he mm-hmm. he did. Uh, he had a shot. At least, here's the thing. People said, man, I would have liked to have seen him in more games, see what he could do so they could prepare for the postseason and all that stuff. Well, I mean, the coaches get a good long look at these guys. They, I think they know what they're capable of at their top end. Well, not always, but often. And I think they were giving them a good look. You know, you and I talked to coaches who said they were very well aware of him and keeping an eye on him. So it must not have gone the way that they were well, hoping for. You know, you can look at it that way, but also most of these situations come down to the Jazz probably have a few guys that they like. And so it's, these decisions what? probably are not easy because you, it's not a, it's not necessarily a pass on Jarrell Brantley as more as much as it is they have other players right. that they want to see and get so, an opportunity. Okay, so those other players, who is it that uh, made it more complicated for Brantley? I, who would you great guess? question. I don't know. Would it be? Uh, well, is it the addition of Pascal? No, because I think he's guaranteed a roster. Spot. No, I know that. But, I mean, he, he makes it more crowded, right? So there's less need for a quote-unquote fringe guy. Yeah, I mean. They're a similar size, right? Yeah, right. But I'm not sure those two. Well, I, I get what you're saying by duplication, right? You're making a duplication. But at the back of the, at the, back of the roster, when you're down, especially now that you can carry 15 dudes, I mean, I would guess that most GMs don't really care position-wise at that point, and you just want a guy who's got potential to play his way up the roster. Yeah, I suppose that, I see your point. You know, because at that point, you've already got your backup whatever, your rotational whatever. I mean, you just want somebody. That's why I thought maybe Jarrell Brantley would be useful, and Jamon Morgan was useful in this way too, where they can play a lot of different positions. But, uh, you know, when you get but back to... the Jazz have a lot of versatility, well, yeah. more than they had before. You get back to down to 14-15 on the roster. You're, that's pure potential right there. So we know who the standard guys are with the Jazz. We know who they're going to be. The new additions, the guys who have already been with the team. Who were who the guys on the edge? Well, man, they've, they've signed so many random dudes in the last... <laughs> we'd have to go back and, and really look at... Exactly. What was the last who's one? On the ros- yeah, on it the was, who was the last guy they signed? There was one like earlier in the week. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I didn't know who he was. I mean, <laughs> but that doesn't mean but it's like I a, love those stories in the NBA, Jake, of guys who really you didn't think were going to amount to much, and suddenly they're they're doing all kinds of good things. You know, we we've seen that from time to time, and it's always encouraging. Who was it, Lloyd? Derek Alston Jr. Yeah, yeah. Did you know him? So he's a fringe guy. There you go. Did you know that guy? Not really. Me neither. Well, it, he's you know, a Boise com- State grade. Are you kidding me? How did you not know him? Oh yeah, yeah. You know what? Now that you say that, I have heard heard the name. Am I studying Boise State basketball? But uh, How are you not, Gordon? This is camps. I mean, this is, this happens every year. The Jazz will. I mean, it's probably not a real terrific year to be an undrafted free agent at, at Jazz camp because I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of roster spots up for grabs. But yeah, and this is kind of what we see every year. And maybe well, they're doing Jarrell Brantley a favor. Maybe he can go somewhere where he has a better chance yeah. at, at, at being a player. Indeed, could be. Look, the, the Jazz were at a point now, a couple of years ago, a number of years ago, they, it seemed like the Jazz were a good place for a guy like that to come because they needed some depth and they, 
And they found a lot and, of those and, guys. And they developed guys. Yeah. Right? But now the roster's pretty crowded. Right. It's like we were saying. I mean, look at Damari Carroll. Played his way right up the roster and into a long-term contract. Uh, and he liked the bowl, too. Did he? Wasn't he the one that used to go bowling? I have no idea. <laughs> Lloyd knows. Lloyd, isn't he a bowler? Why do you think I know about bowling? Because <laughs> you're a good bowler. What? Aren't, isn't no. Lloyd a good bowler? No, what are you Lloyd's, talking about? Lloyd's good at the cornhole game. Oh. <laughs> Wait, somebody told me Lloyd was a good bowler. No, Adrian was a good bowler. <laughs> yeah, wrong, wrong guy here, dude. <laughs> oh, sorry. Like, if you went to, uh, out to an alley right now, what would you probably roll? I'd probably beat somebody up in an alley. <laughs> that's probably more likely, yeah. Isn't Lloyd the one who has his own bowling ball? No, that's Adrian. Well, I do actually have my own ball, but that doesn't mean I'm good at it. Someone told me you had I your own ball. I did one league one time. That was like forever ago. So I figure anybody who has their own ball, and he probably has his name scripted on the side of it. Do you? LLC3. <laughs> See, if I were Lloyd, I would have just simply used your middle name, and that's it. See, I think Lloyd's just being humble here. Anybody who no, owns their I'm own not. bowling ball is a good bowler. I, what would be your average, you think? 160, 170, 180, 190? No, like, maybe like 130, if, 130 if I'm lucky. You, again, right. you're thinking of somebody else. I think you are thinking. Well, I knew you had your own ball. I mean, that's, you didn't that's, know that. I've that never was, even talked about that. that Somebody told me that. Nobody told me how that. Would I come, how would I come up with that out of the blue? Because you're and thinking we, about and Adrian. We, and then we find out that he has his own ball. That's purely coincidental. No, I heard that he had his own ball. I, All right. This is the dumbest argument ever. Probably so. Yeah. <laughs> Adrian. You are. Adrian bowls in leagues all the time. <laughs> I. I, I, for some reason, I had it absolutely certain in my mind that no, it was Lloyd. No, Lloyd robs liquor stores. Adrian <laughs> was the bowler. Correct. <laughs> you getting in fights? When was the last time you got in a fight in a bowling alley, Lloyd? What? I've never. Say, no. I you said you would he be said fight in an alley. In an alley. Oh, alley. Not not a bowling alley. alley. We were it's, talking about bowling. Like a dark you alley. alley. Oh, yeah, I know, but bowling. <laughs> First thing that comes to my mind is a dark alley. <laughs> okay, boy, we could. And I'm not talking about one of those glow in the dark ones either. <laughs> we, we could mix stuff with our our bowling and our pro bowling and around and here. our bowling alleys and as opposed alley. to dark alleys. Yeah, <laughs> Adrian Lloyd, you know they're different. Well, humans, they look a lot know. alike. They really don't. <laughs> Stay tuned. More big show live at the RV Super Show here at the Mountain America Expo Center. Uh, come on down. Going on uh, now through Sunday, uh, 9575 South State Street. Uh, they've got all sorts of, what, what was Mark telling us, uh, over 300 350 units, or something. Something like that here and ready to roll. So get down here, RV Super Show, Mountain America Expo Center. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. 
Samson Nakua joins us now, BYU wide receiver. The schedule goes on, and it was a big emotional win. Fans stormed the field. We all saw all that stuff. How do you put that behind you now? Because you got a whole bunch of games. You got another Pac-12 team coming up this week. I think it's an easy win to put behind us. I think that game is just another game to us for what we have planned for this year, and we have to focus on this next game. We want to do big things this year. We want to show everyone that last year wasn't a fluke, that we could do the same thing, and it starts with this game again. We knocked out two Pac-12 teams already. Let's knock out one more Pac-12 team, and then move into regular season and show everyone what we can do. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are live today from the RV Super Show here at the Mountain America Expo Center, 9575 South State Street. If you come on by, we do have some jazz gear to give away. Right now, it's time for the market update brought to you by TridayTrading.com. Now, anyone can be a day trader. Visit TridayTrading.com. Gordon, how did the markets... I, I combined yes, Gordon I, and Market, and mm-hmm. it came out Morgan. Right. How did the uh, the markets do today? Mixed today, nothing overly dramatic. The Dow was uh, off sixty three points. Oh shit! Shoot! Woo! Had me sweating there for the, the Nasdaq was uh, up uh, like uh, what was it? Uh, Twenty points. This the is Nasdaq. a sh- this is a shame. The S&P, however, was down uh, nearly seven points. What? <laughs> An all Hanson Scotty special. I like it. Lloyd, <laughs> you all right back there? Yeah, Scotty's I'm was funny. Was that off the air? What? Yeah, that was Scotty's, off the air. Scotty's uh, is uh, oh bleep. That's funny. All right. Can we hear there. those three? No, no, uh, that was on it. He check swinged. Oh, he did. Okay. Yeah, it was one of those check swings. But Let me I hear those three again right in a row, Lloyd. What's that? Can I hear those three again right in a row? What, do you want to like, try to get me fired or something? Is that what you want to do? <laughs> oh, no, I just thought it was funny. Oh, shit. Shoot. <laughs> this is a sh- This is a shame. What? There you go. Anything else you want me to play? It is a shame. Hans. What What did he say? He said it's a shame. It sure sounded like he said something else. It was, well, it was all bleeped out. That was the point. Yeah. All right. All right. Oh, well, I mean, we're human beings. Sometimes, you know, words come out a little differently. Than oh, you might sh- hope. shoot. <laughs> all right. for Our friend Sam Amick is going to join us right around the corner. He's got a piece out about Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. We'll talk to him about that. Uh, but we are live here from the RV Super Show at the Mountain America Expo Center, 9575 South State Street. Come on out, going on now through Sunday. And uh, Ryan is jumping on with us now from Castle Country RV. What's going on, Ryan? Oh, not much, man. Just really excited. Great crowd already here at the RV Show. Hey, you know what? When does it start? That's a, thank you, that's a little that's joke. An that's an inside joke, joke there. Joke, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? This this world, people are, are excited about it right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've been chomping at the bit all season. And right now, I, c- I can speak for Castle Country and say we have more available inventory than we have all season. So definitely a great time to come out, visit with some of our staff, uh, see if we've got something that meets your needs. Uh, we can get you into the right rig at the right price here at the RV Show. Lots of specials going on, not just through us, but through all the financial institutions. So you can get yourself some really good 
good interest rates. Uh, it's it's the right time to buy the way the the RV industry has been going. Most of the time, it's put your name on a list and wait for it. Now we've got available inventory. So if, if you're looking to get into something, get down here and, and check it out. There's there's a lot of different dealers here with a lot of really good prices. Um, just come on down and visit with us. And it's it was amazing. At 2 o'clock, it was like the floodgates opened. It was it was awesome to see all these people who've just been chomping at the bit, you know. So, so maybe you answered this, but this is the best time to, to buy. Right, right now, now is always at, at the this best show. Time. At the show, absolutely. Yeah, okay. um, at, at our dealership, we're waiving all uh, prep fees. If you, if you buy here at the at the RV show, I know all the other dealers have got certain specials going on as well. But most people who've been shopping throughout the season have have, have realized how how limited the inventory was most of the year. Manufacturers are struggling to keep up, and they're finally fulfilling some of those orders. And so we've got a lot of really really good deals on available inventory. All right, where are you guys in the show? So, so we we're at the, the far southwest wall. Okay. Um, you, you can easily see a big Castle Country RV sign hanging up above us. We've got some really good uh, Alpha Wolves, Arctic Wolves, Gray Wolf, Wolf Pup. We've got a great beacon, a full house, and a really, really amazing Class C, a Regency that's literally had a line at it like it's a roller coaster all day since we've opened the doors. One awesome. last thing for me. Where's your favorite place to take an RV in these parts? You know, I'm I'm further south. I'm at the Helper location, so I love Moab. Moab's a great spot. Uh, lots of outdoor activities to do. I love to do the ATV riding and stuff. And you can take any rig down there just because of the, the size of the campsites that they have, whether it's a little 16-footer or you're in a big 44-foot, you know, fifth wheel. They, they can definitely take care of you. By the way, shout out to, you know, Moab. Awesome. But your backyard, Carbon County, it underrated. Is Absolutely. Way underrated. There's all sorts of cool stuff down in Carbon County. Absolutely. And, that, and as a matter of fact, in Helper, where our dealership is, uh, we just had the guys from Ghost Adventures come out. And they spent like a week there filming because <laughs> there's like haunted hotel and stuff. And Helper itself is just a neat little town. It and it's cool. gorgeous. It's gorgeous down there. You got Balanced Rock and, I mean, just the, the sheer cliffs. And you got awesome canyons to go in if you're into fishing there's tons of great fishing around there it's it's a really beautiful area not to discount that but moab is awesome as well but ours is going to keep you a little less crowded if you want to be a yeah. you know a little bit more solitude on your rv in see that's the beauty of it a bunch of city slickers here who can get outside the t- city and go see places i mean utah is unlike any other place on the freaking planet it's right? true it's true i actually just moved over here from colorado about six months ago and i had no idea how beautiful this state was other than the, the little exposure i got during the winter olympics a couple years ago but that didn't even show near everything that's available here in utah it's a gorgeous state well ryan thanks for jumping on with us we appreciate it absolutely thanks for having me guys you bet that's ryan from castle country rv here at the rv super show we'll have more next 97.5 and 1280 the zone